name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I begin this episode on the topic of sports. Uh, if you know me, and even if you don't know me, I'm not a big sports guy. I I dabble in the running. You know, that's if you consider ultra running a sport. I to me, it's more of a of a of a forest bathing affair. Oh man, forest bathing. What? It's called hiking. Can we not make a big deal out of this forest bathing? Can we not change the nature of everything because we got to make it more hippie? Good lord. Mm. My race is on, as you know, and um, sold out, got a big wait list. Be patient. Uh, if you're on there and you're frustrated, I know. I know, but I don't want to make it a big race. I don't want to wrangle that many people, frankly. I like the size of it. It's perfect. It runs very well, and that's where I'm at on that. However, it's exciting because I called my buddy Skip Brand at uh, Healdsburg Running Company, coincidentally in Healdsburg. California. And Skip and I have now a, tr a tradition where he, he always brings a group of runners up. They have a really good time. And he, he directs the um, Sonoma 50 miler, which is whew, Lake Sonoma. That's a, that's a, that's a heavy, hefty. Anyways, uh, he comes up and we, he and I run the, the course sometimes with other people, but usually it's just the two of us running the course the day before. And it's really fun. And so I called him, I said, what do you think? He, I'm in. And he's right away. So like, of course coming up. So it's, I'm so excited. I'm kind of ramping up. It's my brain is in a not unusual place like everybody's coming out of this uh craziness of the last year and a half or so and 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 i've done the race four times this will be the fifth but it's like i'm doing it for the first time because i'm kind of out of my element of just okay i, I gotta get going on this whole thing it's uh, kind of stressful so with that said paying attention so that's my first sports uh, reference the second is um basketball my son and daughter are playing basketball they're in seventh grade and my wife actually helped start the team. My father-in-law is coaching it. It's family affair, just like my race. Anyways, it's a very small school, and um, and so they just they had the first game, and they did okay. They lost, but they had a good time. But anyway, they played a neighboring uh, town who is um well anyways they were pretty rough the other town was pretty rough and this is this is like a little school that my kids are in anyways and so apparently at school one of the other guy kids on the team said you know what they they played really rough and if they're going to do that we should we should play that rough next time now my son is the team captain and so he stood up in class and he said listen we're not going to do that we're going to be sports we're going to have good sportsmanship that's what we do we're not going to do that whole thing just because they play dirty that's their deal they're going to have issues in you know playing in high school if they're playing that rough they're going to get fouled and, and when they have professional refs and we're not going to do that anyways it's not how we roll and i heard that story and and i was like you know what to my son i was like you know what i gotta tell you you're gonna you're gonna lose uh that's not a good that's not a good advice uh that, that other team that plays dirty probably all of them are going to run and win for Congress and you're to my son, I said, you're, you're heading for a compact car. I don't know how to, you know, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be honest that, uh, that honesty, it, what I call it is it's, that's my, this is the name of that talk that I give to me. Honesty is not the best policy is the name of that talk. I have it on my talk sheet, like my speaker sheet that I, that I, you know, go out and speak around the country. It, one of my talks is honesty is not the best policy. I've never been asked to do it. Not once. They've, nobody has interest in that. It's crazy. It's a very cutting edge talk. Mm. An anti-vaxxer, uh, the, the the resort where I work, we have a policy where d dining in for vaccinated guests only. I know, it's cr crazy. 
Um, but anyways, uh, somebody called a vegan and you know how I feel about the vegans, uh, called in to make a reservation and the front desk person, an employee, mind you more on this in a second said, yeah, cool. Make your reservation. No problem. Uh, for dinner, just FYI, we have a vaccination policy. You got to bring your proof of vaccination and then you can say, and he lost his shit, yelled at her, called her a piece of shit and a communist, which yeah, I don't know how I feel about the communist thing, but anyways, um, piece of to the front, to the front. If you're gonna bring the crazy, bring the crazy. That's fine, but don't aim it at the person picking up the phone for the love of all that's holy. You know, go after the owners, go after me. Fine, it's fine, but not the lady at the thing who's just showing up to work and trying to help somebody make a reservation. Come on. I the reason I mention that is because I'm sure that that guy is listening. Uh, to this to this podcast. So there you go. Lesson learned, pal, chief, sport. Mm. That's the worst story. Now, the next story is, is, is a great story and because it's about Catherine the Great. Now, listen, Catherine the Great, I got to tell you, the whole The Great moniker is a little bit lazy. I, I, I've seen it, Alexander. The, I sort of go can picture a conversation where they're like, she's she's pretty great. She's, she's, not, she's not terrific. She's great, but like she's done some great things. Let's just go with Catherine the Great for lack of any other, you know, interesting word. The Great. I always, I kind of want to be that now. I'm kind of like Sid the Great because it's just the Great. You're just the Great. I love it. Anyways, she um, could have been in her time in the 1700s, could have been an anti-vaxxer. Of course, back then it was called an anti-inoculator, apparently. And I, and I did some research and there was rumors. There were rumors back in the 1700s of microchips uh, being included in the smallpox uh, pus that was uh, cut into under the skin because that's how they rolled back then. Are, were they tougher than we are today? Of course they were tougher than we... They were great, obviously, first of all, second of all, super tough. Here, inoculate me, cut my skin and stuff a pus that has probably has a microchip in it, that's my guess, into my skin and that will help. However, I will say this. Catherine the Great, one of the reasons she was the great is because she valued living the example and here's what i mean quote how could i introduce smallpox vaccination without setting a personal example she said that's what she said how could i introduce smallpox without setting a per catherine the great that is great um except for here's what here's where she wasn't great her husband also her second cousin which in some states in the u.s is great i'm just saying not here mm. Thank you to everybody who Patreons me, sends me a few bucks each month. That's very nice. Donate to Rancho and Compassion and Small Steppers. Um, people are signed up to my my six-part video series. I'm going to, oh, here, I forgot. And this is, okay, so here's what I'm remembering. I did a pr promotional thing to my mailing list only. And I thought that's not really fair because podcast listeners aren't all signed up for my mailing list. If you want to join my Small Steps program, 12 weeks, live Q&As, daily emails, it will change your life in ways that you won't even expect. It's freaking awesome. But 20% off. And you go to, and you go to Small Steppers dot com slash program i will link to it in the show notes and you use the coupon code small step small step you'd think i'd know it but i'm going to do it right now small step 20 that's what it is small step 20 all one word small step 20 at checkout but i'll put all that in the show notes okay but i'm not going to do that forever so if you're going to do it do it and otherwise don't do it okay mm. and my books are out and all that kind of stuff right now i'm using my six truths um as a coaster uh, literally right now for my incredible AeroPress coffee, but it is, I, if you don't want to read the book, it's a pretty good coaster. Like it has, there's no rings on my tables. 
One quick thing. I was on a, a podcast a while ago. It just launched. It's called Ask Joanne Victoria. Good conversation. Live by these truths and be happy. That's my thing. She, that's what the, anyways, I'll link to that too. If you want to hear me on a podcast, sometimes it's fun when you hear me being asked questions instead of me asking the questions to nobody. Cause I don't have guests really on this podcast. Let's talk about discipline. Uh, and here's why, because the perception of people who get shit done, I could say that more intelligent, but I'm not gonna is that they have a lot of discipline. That's always, in, in fact, I've been, I will say accused, but whatever, they'll go, you must have, you have a lot of discipline around food. And it's, and it's really an interesting subject to me because it's not, the perception I have of discipline in that context is very like type A, freaking military, like, and you're just wake up every morning and you freaking make your bed so that it's like you can bounce a quarter off it and you, and you, you know, have shoes that are probably steel toed and have, you know, lug souls that it's that kind of discipline. And I'm not, that's not who I am. And I don't I actually don't even think that's a good thing. It could be for you. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm just saying that's not what this is and completely unnecessary to be that way, to be super healthy and happy and productive. There is a discipline involved in this practice. That is for sure, but it is not what is perceived to be a discipline in one specific area or multiple areas, but in partitioned areas. And this is what I mean. I eat well most of the time. You guys know my mot. Most of the time, I eat well most of the time. It's not because I measure counting away. That's a discipline. That's a discipline. Counting calories is a discipline. Doing your little Fitbit tracking of your calories and entering what you ate every time is, first of all, maddening. And I don't mean to be judgmental, judgmental but it's freaking maddening. Uh, and second of all, totally not necessary and third of all probably not what anybody actually wants to be doing with their time they think it might be necessary to achieve healthy eating by being disciplined in the area of food i beg to differ i beg to differ my perception and use of discipline is not in a partitioned individual manner it is not in a one or you know separate areas in your life i'm disciplined about exercise i'm disciplined about this i'm disciplined about food i'm disciplined about whatever that is for you to me it's a backing out taking about 18 i counted them 18 steps back which is 18 is also the amount of grams of coffee i put in my aeropress weird right 18 numerology so so scientific it's stepping back 18 steps and saying, well, what if I'm disciplined in a more general fashion, a big picture discipline over a partition discipline? In other words, the title of this episode is the discipline of less discipline. Here's my cell. If you are disciplined in the way you approach your life, you do not need to be as disciplined in any one single area of your life. What I call it is the discipline of attention. Is there a discipline necessary in living a good life? Of course there is, because there is so much in our lives that is too distracting and too tempting in many ways, especially in the food realm, but also social media and everything else. So tempting to that kind of base, like pleasure drug kind of thing that I talked about a lot. So there's a, there is a necessity to work hard to achieve a good life in this world. Yes, everything is crafted to sell you and to flip on your little switch and to, to you know market you to to the shit in terms of diets and all those things. I think those are appealing to that pleasure center and to 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 fight that and 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 live a good life in spite of those things because those things do not deliver a good life. A scale weight never does, never has, never will. 
10 pounds in 21 days isn't even a healthy thing to do, but it's certainly not a happy making thing to do. And so the discipline of less discipline is backing out and creating a more generalized discipline in how you approach your life such that you are in a place of attention more often than not so that when you are around food, it's not a battle in the moment. Discipline of the partitioned way is a battle in the moment. It is gritting your teeth. It is sitting in front of a cupcake and like having a freaking stress-inducing battle that you're going to either win at the cost of your stress uh, and, and potentially happiness and health. That's why I've met many a person eating a very healthy diet who's not healthy because they are so stressed about food that the discipline required for them to, to live that, that super militant way is costing them, the, in theory, the very reason why they came to it in the first place was just to be healthier and happier. It's a gritting of the teeth. And so you either win that battle at the expense or you lose the battle and get pissed at yourself that you weren't disciplined enough to pull that off. Partitioned disciplines means in general, you're pushing too hard. You're not connected to the act. And here's what I mean. And I talk about this in six truths, by the way, because we do need breaks. We, we, we need to let the steam out off a little bit. We need to release the pressure a little bit. We need breaks. And when you are disciplined in one area, let's say it's exercise, you will, and I trust me when I tell you, I've been there and sometimes I'm there, but way better than I was. You will go for a run or you'll do a workout at the expense of your health sometimes because you are disciplined, because you will push in that one area because you do not have the attention necessary to gauge whether that is appropriate on that day and time, time and place. The discipline of attention backing out and saying, I'm going to uh, create a discipline of attention means that some days you won't go for a run or you'll run a lot easier because you know that the general ball game is for you to be healthier and happier and you will not push too hard at the expense of your health. Same thing with food too. In, in a way, it's weird. Like with clients, I've said, eat, please eat junk food on Saturday night. I know that sounds weird, but I can see when... This is, you know, clients, what I work with in the small step intensive, I can see when they're holding on too tight, where there is a discipline of one area and I can see it about to blow. And that, by the way, historically is what's happened by the time they get to me to do the intensive is they've gone through when I do that little discovery call, which you guys can do if you want free 15 minutes, find out what it's about. But in that discovery call, I'll be, I'll be very frank. I go, what's your pain level? How pissed are you about what's been going on in your life? And if they go, I mean, generally I'm okay. I'm going, this is not your thing. But if they go, I'm so freaking over it right now. I'm so done with going back and forth, yo-yo dieting. I go, okay, let's get some real work done. Because what's happening is, is they are trying to achieve a level of discipline in one area at the expense of their overall health and happiness. And so by backing out and saying, I'm going to be, I'm going to have some junk food now and then I'm going to let off some steam now and then. And again, it's a numbers game. So it's, you know, most of the time, if you're eating healthy, you're going to be healthy. If you most of the time eat junk food, you're not going to be healthy. One salad a week ain't going to do anything for you. It's a numbers game. But if you're holding on so tight and pushing yourself in any given in in, in, in any and every given moment because you're discipl- you're a disciplined eater, a disciplined uh, runner, a disciplined whatever, you could blow yourself out. You could blow out your health and happiness because you're holding too tight into one specific area. The discipline of attention again means backing off at times. Why? Because the to discipline of attention means you're able to gauge in any time and place what you are what you the real you wants to actually do. 
So I wanted to talk about that because the perception of discipline is always this kind of, like I said, greedy, holding on, really. And they go, well, you must be really disciplined as if I'm like, you know, just this guy who's like, come on, everybody, let's get it. It's not. It's not. I, I don't want to be that guy. It's miserable. It sounds miserable to me. To, to hold on that tight in one area. I want to be able to blow out now and then and be free enough to 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 do more and or less at any given times. So here's what I will finish with. This statement, the discipline of attention is the discipline of freedom. When you found your way to me Your hair shone like silver When you hovered around me Your eyes bright like silver And silver's more pretty than gold Silver's more pretty than gold To this day when I wake to you I'm soft into the gray And when you shut everything out All this shop is dull to gray Clouds are much sweeter than blue sky And clouds are much sweeter than blue sky I'm trying to force things down Just cannot be Trying to plan things out That I cannot see Struck by the quiet of knowing When I fear things falling from me I'm shown by you the truth and Truth is much stronger than life Truth is much stronger than lies Silver's more pretty than gold And clouds are much sweeter than blue 